little Dorothy walks up to the giant green door to enter the Emerald City, knocks on it thrice, and a man comes out and says, What do you want? And she said, Episode 51 of A Gentleman's Chat with your hosts, Ian and Billy. Ian, we're back. That we are. Yeah. I like the cultural references. Thank you. Thank you. It's pretty witty. Well, I... Terrible movie, but pretty witty. Well... It's one of the most overrated movies of all time. I don't know. I love that movie, dude. Why do you love that movie? I don't know. It's one of those... I think it's one of those nostalgia things. Yeah. You know, I just... I just... Nostalgia just ruins everything. Uh, well, <laughs> you're not wrong about that, but that does not change my love for The Wizard of Oz. Fair enough. Fair enough. And I'm talking the original one. I don't want any remake, any other version. I want the 1928 black and white... I haven't ever seen any of the remakes or remastered because I don't like the first one. I've never been inclined to being like, oh, there's a new rendition of this hundred year old movie. I will go see that one. Fair enough. I'll have you know, I was the wizard in a production of The Wizard of Oz when I was in sixth grade. Ooh, I had a sixth grade musical too. Uh, it was Fiddler on the Roof. Which wow. is probably not sixth grade material. Not even a little close. Not even it was a close. different time. It, it really was, folks. <laughs> and we did the whole musical, too. So, oh, shit. Yeah. Ian is dating himself here. <laughs> Speaking of dating yourself, I have an opening topic for us this week, and it's this. A newspaper article, much like the ones we've done, but we haven't, we haven't gone through a self-help, you know, or sort of ask the doctor newspaper article in some time and i've got one for us here and it's entitled and i quote husband should focus on his own marriage <laughs> we need a stinger to lead that we need to start coming up with doctor says with gentleman's chat <laughs> <laughs> we really do and in the background somebody's shouting what stupid stuff do they got this week because <laughs> they get more and more ridiculous every time i swear to goodness the news be pretty good and then we can have a soundboard every time we want to bite dude the newspaper must be running out of folks because when you name your article, husband should focus on his own marriage, it kind of seems... Oh, I, I had to bite my tongue. I had the worst possible joke that I'll have to wait till after the show to tell you. Be better. <laughs> well played, my friend. But it it, it would have made me seem like a terrible person because I have such a dark sense of humor. We have had a couple of close calls on this <laughs> show the past true. month and a half. So, you know, let's oh. just, let's appease let's the- Let's dive into the article before There it is. Here it comes. Off air. Dear doctor, my wife, air quotes, Monica, has been having a mostly texting affair with air quotes, Mike, for almost two years. There are emails where they address each other with, hey, babe, it's disgusting. I accidentally discovered this years ago and again recently and I'm sorry and again recently after I thought that they had not talked for years. Upon this discovery, I texted quote unquote Mike angrily. He is not someone I actually know, but I took his number from my wife's phone and my wife claims that air quotes it's over. I've heard this before, so saying that Mike and Monica's affair is over. My wife asked me not to contact Mike's wife because, and I quote, there would probably be a divorce if she found out. Why would I care about that? Why should I honor my wife's wishes? Doesn't Mike's wife deserve to know that he's in love with another woman? His words expressed in an email, apparently in love with another woman. Why do I have to be the only person who knows about this situation? I feel like someone else... Uh, I feel like someone else knowing Mike's wife or maybe my wife's mom 
might shock either either of these two people into realizing that they are risking too much by carrying on this way. We have kids, as do Mike and his wife. Why shouldn't I tell Mike's wife? Doesn't she have the right to know about her husband's infidelity? You repeated the same thing like three times. This isn't anything against like what you are asking, but be more concise. <laughs> yeah, the guy who wrote this really was long-winded on the fact that Mike's wife should know. Oh, yes. And I don't disagree. He, his, Mike's wife should not know first, though. The first person you should tell is your children. You call a family meeting. You, you gather. And the thing is, you want a good relationship with your children moving forward, right? Someone's going to be looked at, at as the bad person in the divorce. It's good if you come to them loving and understanding and explain that their mother is a cheating whore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a perspective one could take on this topic. I, I, I would not use that vernacular. Sit them down and say, hey, some bad things have been happening. Unfortunately, your mother has not been faithful to me, so I'm going to have to Every call birthday up. she missed, she was with Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Remember last Christmas when... We took you to go ride those ponies by the Grand Canyon. Yeah, it it almost tore me up. You know who said we shouldn't do that? Mom, Your you know mom. why? Because she'd be too far away from her wonderful cheating whore of, <laughs> of, of another husband. Oh, no. Dude, the, the fact that this guy has to open up with, uh, you know, this uh, texting affair that has happened for years yes. right and then he has to come back to this like i thought it was over but as it turns out several years later it's still not could you imagine um this this wife is taking this poor guy for everything he has worked everything he's worked and you know what the worst part is when he divorces that dummy he's the one that's gonna lose out oh yeah he's gonna lose everything for certain I just cannot believe That's why you got to rip off the Band-Aid early. When, it, it, it is his fault that she never stopped cheating and keeps cheating with the same person she's been cheating with the entire time. Well, when you find out that she, you've been cheated on for years, the first thing you do is, okay, bye. Yeah, a pic picture the goal of this girl, right? This, this partner has been cheating on this guy for years S. And he comes to her and says, honey... You're cheating on me. And her response to him was, you should focus on your own marriage. <laughs> what is that? What kind of like, what kind of wonderland are we living in here where that exists? That's bananas. That is kind of bananas. I, I don't know why you're writing into a newspaper. Maybe it's your last ditch effort because everybody you know and love, and I hope this is the case, has told you just lose the crazy hoe. Divorcer. Step one yes. is divorce. Yeah. Well, no. Step one is to seek out a fair and just judge that can precede this divorce. That way you know you're not going to lose anything out of it. You find the judge that's like, hey, she's been cheating on me for about 17 years nonstop, even after we've talked about it and we need a divorce. And then you pull up the receipts, like get all the different texts and all the dick pics and whatnot. Show up to the judge, make sure the judge is adamantly disgusted to the point where he doesn't even want to deal with it, and he's just like, 
okay, we'll have you in. You come into your little court date. She's like, well, I want 80% because I deserve it. And the judge says, no, you can go get your sausage elsewhere. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you've played out a very, <laughs> a, a very wishful thinking court case. I, I don't exactly. I want to be a judge. You know what? <laughs> what, does it, what does it take to become a judge? Not a whole lot. I mean, no. No. I thought it was. I thought it was at least a master's, and then some. Dude, you're time almost there. You know how hard it is to get a master's degree nowadays? Nothing online. A lot of money. Two years, you got it. That's true. I could do it online, but it also does cost a lot of money. Yeah, you'll make that back. You're a judge. <laughs> Come on. Fair enough. You got to ride around a Corvette. All sorts That's of things true. that judge, judges get to do. I can get a little on the side for cases that I don't really care about, but you maybe could, they do. You could write a book, give talks. That's true. Next thing you know, you're a Supreme Court my, justice. My life as a Supreme Court justice. Yes, I can make another book. There you go. Dude, what do you agree on? I don't care about the Constitution. I just want an easy life. That's all. The, that's the only reason I'm here. So I'm here is, for the paycheck. Yeah. Oh, for sure. They'll come to me. We feel about this bill. It's like, okay, what's the bill? Yeah, don't care. I don't care. Uh, you'll have to ask my other Supreme Court justices. I value their opinion so much more and than my own. If it's ever a split vote on national TV, I'd, I'd be like the tie-breaking judge. And I'd take a coin and just flip that bad boy. Like tape with masking tape, yes and no on either side <laughs> of the coin. Dude. Oh, this one looks like it's good. Here, I thought <laughs> The Constitution we're gonna... says it's good. I have a better one. I think we have the opposing sides rock, paper, scissors, best of three. Tug of war. <laughs> Tug of war. <laughs> We have a tug of war for my vote. Yeah, we could be the um, head justice, and then on either side, line up the three. Get like a marshmallow pit or like a fluff pit in the middle, and play tug of war. Please tell me when you show up, you have like the judges robe, but you've painted black and white stripes on it as a referee's outfit. That'd be awesome. You've got, you've got a whistle. Never again will the uh, judicial branch be overlooked. We will be the center of attention. <laughs> Every court case, we just come up with different games. We have to <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make wide-sweeping changes across this nation in days. It's going to be televised. We're going to rake in so much money from the ads alone. First, first constitutional edict. We're just going to... We'll come up with another amendment. Call it Amendment 137. Why? Because that's a good number. Why not? Everybody's required to smoke copious amounts of unfiltered cigarettes. <laughs> If you don't, you have to sing karaoke in front of the person who hates you most and get criticized by them every day the rest of your life. Dude, it should, you know what it should be? It should be a, tele a TV series, obviously. Right? Oh, yeah. Different games each season. But the uh, the f season finale should be a, a tug-of-war or a coin flip or a game over, like, the Constitution itself. Like, do we keep it or not? <laughs> like, the winner gets the Constitution and you get to make edits. Yeah. Yeah, we just 50-50 the Constitution. Do we exactly. keep it or leave it? Keep it or go, you know? That's genius. Oh my gosh, dude. Why are we not doing this? <sighs> Should we listen to the response that this you know, therapist gave to this newspaper? That's a good idea. Here it is. <clears throat> From the therapist. Yes, Mike's wife has a right to know about her husband's infidelity if, in fact, he has been unfaithful to her. Mike if. has... Yeah. <laughs> Mike has to be the one to tell her about his feelings for your wife instead of you. Rather than focusing on someone else's relationship, continue to focus on your own. Wait, this is this is from the the 
The supposed the, therapist. The therapist? Oh, no. How about no. a therapist who still adv- advocates for psychotherapy? No, dude. <laughs> Seek marriage counseling with your wife. Try to understand why she needs emotional connection with another man via texting instead of you. Maybe you will learn something. Are you putting this on the guy getting cheated uh, on? Yes, the girl she is. Yes, she on? is. This is a this is a female oh psychiatrist God. right here. I know you are hurting about the text you found, and I am sorry for that. But hurting hurting Mike's wife will not make it better. Instead, focus on repairing your relationship. Let Mike figure out his own stuff. Wow. Okay. Well, we need to change the broad overview. First thing. You're no longer going to the kids first, or Mike or whoever the other uh, spouse was. First thing, you got to track down this therapist who responded to you like this. Grab as many ferrets as you can. Oh, no. And just throw the ferrets, just stuff it into her car to the extent where there is nothing but ferrets in her car. And if she tries to ever open her car again, she is going to get barraged and bombarded (laughs) with ferrets. Could you picture that in the divorce hearing? <laughs> and, sir, it seems here that you have a misdemeanor assault on Miss Annie from the from the uh, newspaper. Yes. A Q, tell me about that. Well, Your Honor. <laughs> I don't know if you read this pile of garbage that she wrote where she blamed my wife cheating on me. On me. On me. <laughs> what the heck, dude? This is the problem. That is pretty bad. That is, that you, is the problem. Cheapers. Cats, man. This dude is getting absolutely hammer-fisted from all sides. Yeah. First step, I'm telling the kids, because there is scientific proof that whoever story someone hears first is the one they're likely to believe. So I'm conscripting the kids Yeah, that's why you go to the kids The kids and me are going to team up on mom, because mom's been teaming up on me for years. Exactly. Right? And then I am immediately filing for divorce. Immediately. It's not even like a honey, let's talk about it. It's a honey, leave. Oh, yeah. And it's and I'm not going to get bullied into that stupid thing that where men are so upset and they just leave. No, I'm staying in the house. You <laughs> go the one who cheated on you. You go sleep with Mike since you exactly. seem to like him so flipping much. Yeah, but you are, how about you knock on the door when Mike's wife's answer answers, <laughs> you tell her. And then as you're having this conversation, you call up Mike's wife and say, "Hey, just so you know, you're going to have another person living with you for as long as you'll have them. Uh, it's the person who's cheating on you with or cheating on, with your yeah, husband on you. I'm telling Mike's wife. Yeah, there 100%. Is, there is no situation where I do not tell Mike's wife about also, this. What, how delusional and incompetent do you have to be as a therapist? And I mean this 100%, not, not facetiously. You are either incompetent or malicious by nature to say someone who... inform someone that they're getting cheated on is inflicting harm or is causing problems. No, they're the only ones fixing problems. You have a moral obligation at that point. If your spouse is cheating on someone else with someone else's spouse, you have a moral obligation to let them know. You cannot let them be lied to deceived and have an unfaithful spouse behind their back without saying anything without recourse. That is, that's about as low as cheating on someone. Right. As- <laughs> you said go to marriage counseling. You might learn something as to why she's, you know, with some other guy as opposed to not you. Like, what 
what am I going to learn? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it's I been 17 years and he has a very massive cock. I mean... <laughs> oh, I got to bleep that. <laughs> I got to bleep that. There's no chance iTunes lets that one through. No, but it's no. marriage counseling. They're, they're learning about each other. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. What else could there be? Let, let's put this into... Because she hasn't left him yet. They are still married. Right. If you are married to someone for no less than 17 years, and they continually cheat on you with the same person just over and over and over, but remains married with you, it can't be because you argue too much, or you have a drinking problem, or... Something like that. It is almost always raw physicality at that point. You know point. what it is? I bet this dumb, dumb girl that he's with, I bet she's thinking, well, I'm doing us a favor by staying, you know, for the kids. I guarantee this delusional idiot is in her head every night thinking, you know, I really am saving this family, ain't I? I guarantee that's what she's doing. I guarantee it. Oh, that's awful. It is awful. Yeah. So fire the therapist. Hire me as a replacement yes. um, for your newspaper columns. That'd be great. Uh, that's a good idea. Should we call we should this do newspaper? This. We should. Ask? It's, a, it's a, not a local newspaper, but it's one that... I bet, Reasonably local. I bet it's small enough that you and I could get a hold of them. It's a good idea. Dude, could you imagine the gentleman's <laughs> chat section of a newspaper... I'm writing this down. We're making this yeah. happen. After the show, we're sending an email. That's genius. Oh, my goodness gracious. And then we don't have to worry about... Never again will you have to get phony falsehoods from fake therapists. No. You can come to people who don't claim to be therapists. Because we have no credentials in that regard. None. But give you the answers you deserve and you need. Amen. That's what we're doing. Exactly. All right. It's decided. Hey, I should tell you in a string of more bad news. Um, there's a city in New Zealand that has officially taken their town wizard off the payroll after nearly two decades. So he is he's now a wizard without a job. Two decades? Oh, yeah. I mean, this guy was hired as a wizard in 2001? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> At first, because I knew the premise of the story, I thought it was like, we've had this tradition for... Since we were founded in the no. 1600s in no. the Dark Ages. This position was hired in 2001. Yes. Oh, yes. Hey, let me give you some more. We knew wizards didn't exist in 2001. Well, let me give you some more details. You never know. This city in New Zealand called, and I quote, Christchurch City, which is, which is in New Zealand. Christchurch wow. City, folks. It's, it's, this is a real thing. Um, they have a town wizard. And his job is, and I quote, to provide wizard services as part of the promotion of Christchurch City. So he provides wizardly services to people. Uh, his passport also says the Wizard of New Zealand. Like this is an official <laughs> title. This I would is take a the job just job. for the title. This, this is a real job. This guy is, quote, the Wizard well, of was. New Zealand. Was. Is no longer. Yeah, got fired. Did it really take them 20 years to realize his wizarding duties were nothing? Well, I mean, the guy got paid the equivalent of $14,000 U.S. a year. That's... I, I don't know if that's good or bad in New Zealand. I don't either. Oh. I have no idea. I'm just going to assume that's good. 
Well, I mean, at the very least, the guy swindled the government out of fifteen thousand, fourteen, yeah. fifteen thousand dollars. I'm assuming the platypuses and koalas make less, so they're up, they're Dude, above that. All the guy did was show up, you know, in a, in a cap and gown. Do they at, say what wizarding? What uh, wizardly services? Yeah, he wizardly provided? services. No, the the article that I read did not the you know um, PBS or you know yeah. Because aside it was. from the title, you know what that sounds like? That sounds like a marketing slogan from like a uh, car wash. Kinda. Come to Wizard Car Wizard's Car Wash, where we'll give you wizardly service. Yeah, well, almost. <laughs> yeah, this guy, they showed a picture of him. He was in a cap and gown, as you would think a wizard would be. Uh, would I? He looked honestly happy. Honestly, when I, think of, when I think of wizards, I don't think of cap and gowns. Because that's a very specific wizard that, like, Harry Potter and certain things... Like media have made us think. Yeah, with the big pointy literature. hat, you know, and yeah, that was him. But if you're having wizardly services, what does a pointy hat have to do with anything? Well, it makes I you would more feel, wizardy. Does it? I don't know. The guy I had... would feel talked down to if someone in a very well dressed government suit with a beautifully <laughs> double Winchester knotted tie comes up to me and he's providing wizardy services, I'd feel that's a little bit more official. I might buy that more. I would love if both things happened, right? If he had a <laughs> if he had a business suit, but when he was called like Superman, he ripped the shirt off, <laughs> and he had a, like a purple gown on underneath, yeah, and yeah. a hat. Somehow managed to like fold in the gown, yeah, so yes. he could rip off his suit, and then the pants come with it. Oh it's no, like it, a tearaway pants. Yeah, it needs to be a two piece. This is this is not a guy. This is a two piece gown suit. <laughs> It's like a tracksuit this guy's wearing. He's wearing Ooh. a wizardly tracksuit. <laughs> okay, let me ask you this. For fourteen grand a year, would you wear a wizardly tracksuit around town and be considered the town wizard? I'll wear a tracksuit around the town just for the title. Screw the pay. <laughs> the oh pay is trivial, trivial in this. You know how much you could milk? Going anywhere that you need an ID or like a the passport. passport. I am the wizard of the United States. <laughs> I would love And that. they look at their passport like every time they're going to be like, we're going to have to check this. This is obviously fake. No, you can't have this. Oh, for and sure. And then they call up, like, you know, the Pentagon or whoever the hell is in charge of the U.S. wizard if we had one. And the Pentagon's like, oh, no, that's, yeah, he's he's the wizard of the U.S. He's our wizard. And they look at your passport. Never, never would I feel more achieved in life to see that poor airport security person getting paid three dollars a day or whatever it is it's pretty close to that <laughs> look at the passport look at me hold, hold the phone to the pentagon to hear just the the soft tones after they hung <laughs> up look back at it back at me and be like i i guess you're the wizard yeah, yeah. <laughs> back. And it's I, just like an obvious like a brief nod yeah i wonder wizard. if it had you know like his real first name last name on there like if his middle name was the wiz you know in air quotes <laughs> the like, like like i would like listen i don't care how much that tsa guy is or isn't getting paid i demand to be called the wiz yeah you also have to his legal name would have had to been changed to merlin no why not that would be perfect okay. you gotta have a wizardy name yeah and I think Harry Potter's kind of a <laughs> dry wood. You want an actual competent wizard. You don't want that buffoon. Listen, I, I feel like th <laughs> this is a great... Because it's 
there's a lot of fake religions out there and a lot of people that fake being a messiah, right? And they they amass communes and armies of people. I swear to I'm going somewhere with this, so just just hold on. You, uh, I, there for a sec, you were towing a line. I was like, the way he's phrasing this, we no, might get in trouble. There's a lot of people, you know, If you don't have to go far to find a Vice News article about some guy in some unknown yes. country trying to claim that he's the second coming of, of a deity, right? Um, but I feel like this guy, this wizard, though is, sorry, not to disrespect, has accomplished something that very few can and that he swindled a whole government and an entire country of people legally i mean all four of them it's new I zealand <laughs> i don't care it was legal the red light district and the whiz man i mean they should oh please they need to rehire this guy as part of the red light district like whenever they he build their little big acts complex, little shows could you imagine this oh. dude could do mediocre magic in yeah. a window pick a card any card shit and then he like kind of fingers one towards you. Pick a card, any card. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then as you're picking, he kind of like moves <laughs> it away from you. And you're like, fine. Is it the Ace of Clubs? How'd you know? I want this guy to have disco and smoke bombs. You know, he's just thrown <laughs> yeah. on the ground. It's just like little crackles and that's it. Oh, not even crackles. Just the smoke bomb, the like legal smoke bombs for like fireworks for 4th of July. Where there's just different colored smoke. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That would be incredible. <laughs> I would love that. Or what I do genuinely find comedic, and I know very few people can get into this. It's a very niche thing. I love magicians slash comedians who do the most trivial and terrible magic, but commit to it to the point where they're making a joke of how terrible it is. Ooh. So they do like a whole elaborate setup in the big, you know, Las Vegas magic premiere and then at the end they like light a sparkler <laughs> <laughs> and it was like 10 minutes of a setup for just a big reveal of sparkler that, that is <laughs> and good. he acts like it's real magic hey i actually opened for a magician once as, really? a, as a musical artist yes i opened for a magician it was such an odd experience because there was a, a room full of people that were here there in the, here in the fox cities yes yes and, and i i know this guy He's getting married to a colleague of mine from school and uh, great guy. Great. Like everything about them. I can't say enough nice things, but it was such an odd experience because he was, he was billed as like, you know, the closer of this event. And I, and like I was telling you, I was the opener. So I was up there performing my music set. Right. And uh, there were some other people. So there was, there was an act before me as well. So I was like the, the middle guy and, uh, and then this magician came on stage, you know, I was like, thank you. Good night. You know, walked off stage and 15 minutes later, this dude strolled up on stage with his, you know, his sparkly red tie and his, his black jacket. And he was doing his, his act. And, and at first, you know, when I, when I heard about this, I was like, oh, you know, it's cool that this, this, this guy does magic. Like that's, that's cool. It's probably going to be like, you know, mediocre, maybe above mediocre. And then I learned this guy actually tours, like this is his job. This guy is making a career out of doing magic, so he must be good, right? Mm -hmm. And he was really good. I'm not gonna lie, he was really good. He was he this this. We were playing in this really small room. It was a transformed church at one point in time. That was now like in a. I think it was still a church, but it was like a meeting space. Really, is what we were using it for. And uh, and the guy was crushing it. Not gonna lie, I got called up on stage. Strangely enough, I got called up on stage by this guy because he was looking for audience participation, and I was sitting there just having come off stage. 
I was still in my stage clothes, right? I hadn't changed. I didn't even take off my suit jacket or anything. I just sat down to watch this guy. And uh, I got called up on stage with my better half. Hmm. And at the time, we had just begun dating. Like, it wasn't even... We were, like, on that line of dating, not dating. It was so soon. So, <clears throat> in a room full of people, he's like, you know, what's your name? I told him, and she said her name. He said, uh, well, you guys are sitting next to each other. Are you Are you dating? And I said, without skipping a beat, no. <laughs> so, oh. so, dude, and everyone at our table knew that we were. Like, this was a thing. Like, we were, like, we were on the stone. <laughs> like, we were, you know, we were, we were at that, like, molding age where we were always together. And people were like, are you together? Are you not? You and just ended it. <laughs> in, a, in a room full of people, I said, no. <laughs> I felt, I looked over at her, dude. I felt so bad. She still does not let me live that down. Still does not let me live that down. You know, that's better than the alternative. That was like two I think ninety nine percent of the time that would have been it. If you publicly out yourself like that, that's usually a pretty telltale sign you're not making it. Well, the guy performed great magic on us. I have to admit, the little his duo routine oh, thing about so how his it, magic has kept you together. After uh, all that's this time. that's what it was, you know. And, and because of that, I feel like I would open for that guy on any national tour. Nice. Yeah, guy was guy was great. I, I didn't have, mean to sidetrack us, but. <laughs> That's fine. I have only ever encountered, aside from TV and movies, a uh, musician or mag- magician. I can't speak tonight. A magician at a company. Well, it, it's a national. It's not national. It's worldwide. Miller's worldwide, right? Yeah. So Miller, worldwide company. They have a Christmas uh, party place. They rent out a museum for children and whatnot every year. And every year they have the same magician come and perform in a, like sort of a kid's auditorium where you mm, sit on the yep. steps, but there are actual steps. Sure. That was my only ever like real encounter of magicians. And he was good for what he did, but it was like a local. Right. Not, nothing big. You can't wheel out the boxes and saw people in half and whatnot. And yeah, what this guy time. was doing was mostly like card magic, small prop stuff. Nice. And that's why I thought this is going to be cheesy, right? Yeah. But it was He's like just said, that good at really it. good. He's done some stuff for like the Daytona 500 race. He was there. He's traveled all over the all over the country wow. doing this magic. So, yeah, it's really really cool. But that's that way sidetracked this, but I think what could get us back on is this luxurious ad read. Yeah. <clears throat> I wanted to shift topics because we've been having such fun discussing really sad topics this poor wizard got fired and this guy's being blamed for his wife cheating on him i thought we'd switch to something you know with a little more meat on it and that is the rising inflation in, in this i thought that's where you go with it country. but i wasn't i wasn't like certain i was like what is he this is a weird lead-in oh, for inflation yeah yeah it was <laughs> yeah it was so inflation is up in the united states about nine percent in the past month month and a half and it has people absolutely baffled. Their gas prices are going up. <laughs> things are more expensive. And they're they're all scratching their heads. Now, whatever could have caused inflation to go so high? Is it that we've been getting free money from the government for the past year? <laughs> uh, thousands of dollars at a time? Is it that uh, we want minimum wage to be higher, thus pushing the cost of living up and also raising the cost of regular commodities? Could it be the fact that nobody wants, you know, 
uh, I don't want to say no one wants to work. That's what an old grandpa would say. But that unemployment and the need of employment are not necessarily reflective of each other. Uh, could that be a cause for, you know, the fact that we can't get any items in, therefore they cost more. And since, you know, you have all the spare money going around, you, you're yeah. willing to pay more for it. Whatever could be driving up this incredible inflation, Ian. I'm certain the year and a half of everybody having to work on a skeleton crew and closing down most of America helped too. That's usually pretty good for business. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I... I'm just going to rip off the Band-Aid. If anybody did not see this coming for all the people who are like, huh, for whatever reason, my gas spiked to twice as much and my milk is now $6 a gallon. If you didn't see this coming, I'm sorry. You're either incredibly naive or purposely being misled by someone in your life. Yes. There is no way... Any of what we did, whether or not good or bad, because I'm not going to say one way or another. It's whatever you feel about it. If you throw money around and the bonds for all the stimulus checks, especially, we had three runs of it here in America. Like $1.2 trillion. That doesn't exist. Like this isn't, this isn't, we have this many gold bars. We could just give people right. a couple gold coins. No, it doesn't exist. They just made it up. The Federal Reserve was like, yeah, I guess uh, we'll buy $1.2 trillion bond from the U.S. What? That's that's fine. We can back that up with all of our oil, I guess. <laughs> and then expect things to go back to the way they were. Yeah, I, th I think it's easy to be rude harsh. and harsh. Yeah. But if we were to unpack this a little bit, there's several different things that play for this inflation. The one that oh, you're yes. touching on is one that I, I am baffled by how many people do not understand how American currency works. Folks, we went off the gold standard in the 1960s. Yeah. You know, I mean, we have been running on your dollar is only a dollar because the government says it's a dollar. Exactly. Now, what the Federal Reserve is in charge of doing primarily, it's, it's printing the money, obviously, but its job is to keep track of the amount of bills in circulation. Yeah. That is the direct control of inflation. If there are more bills in circulation, more people have more printed money, inflation is going to be higher than if there was less bills. That's why in Germany, people were building floors out of pennies as opposed to marks because, or you know, whatever their German whateverness was because it was so inflated. It took a wheelbarrow full of money to buy a loaf of bread. Yeah. That's what this was going at, right? So what happened is, Ian is completely correct, the government said, we'll just print $1.2 trillion to give to people. And now that all that money is out there, it's going to cost more for things. Now, what is funny is that normally inflation, people are always mad about this. Well, when I was younger, gas cost 15 cents type of mm -hmm. baloney. Inflation likes to, you know, the government tries to keep it between 1% and 2% every year. Hopefully. Infl hopefully. Inflation is going to happen naturally over time. That is taking place in every sort of economic anything ever. And you're going to be making more money naturally that's, over right. time. That's that's how it works. Like, that's that's just the name of the game. So inflation itself is scary to people that are idiots. Or, sorry, I get really heated on topics like this. Yes. Uninformed. And, um... But the truth is that it's not that bad. The fact that it's gone up 9% in a month... Is horrendous. Is horrendous, but again, not expected. 
Because there's more things to You mean not unexpected. That's what I meant. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Not unexpected. Yeah, not unexpected. Because you're right. There's unemployment is low for for you know national average. And economic growth is high. Meaning that uh, looking historically the past five years, yeah, shaking your head, but historically sort of. what happens in government is that when unemployment reaches too low of a percent you get this quick burn on the economy where the economy flourishes because everyone has jobs and you make exponentially more money and there's more money in circulation. And what happens is that pushes inflation up and it crunches the lower middle class and it causes economic decline because they can no longer afford basic amenities and it brings on recession. And what we're seeing now is a modified version of that. And the only thing that's the modifier at, at hand is the fact that inflation is low nationally speaking, but the incentives for unemployed are so high that it's almost easier, statistically speaking, you will make as much money not working as you would working. For so, most positions. Right. So it's a large drain on national resources in terms of fiscally, and it is a relatively low unemployment but it's not so much so that it couldn't be less. And because the economy has flourished so much in the past five years, that GDP growth has stimulated so much economic growth that there are unfilled positions. That's what's happening. Coupling with that is the trade debacle that we've got going on. Because normally what happens is companies that source things not from the United States. People like to point at China as the big one. It is it is a big person that China we go to. China only exports labor, though, not anything else. Right. Most of our import-exports, you know, we import a lot of things from other countries. Primarily raw materials that we then use to build things. Now, what typically happens is you see a big old container ship right out in the ocean you've probably heard of being stuck out there for months on end because ports are closed. But there's a, a bigger thing at play, and it's supply chain problem. Because Great Britain, for example, is making the raw material. And let's say a company wants to import that, and it usually costs X amount of money for them to put that freight on a boat and ship it over. What is happening now, because there is so much constraint on transport... Look at the things I just talked about as reference and also look the at the coast fact of California. <laughs> right. And then also look at the fact that those are jobs that aren't paying well and people don't want to do them because there's so much, so much politics and so many problems with it. They can't fill those jobs. So what's happening is that because there's such a squeeze, companies are having bidding wars over how to get their raw materials into the country. So if it normally costs a thousand dollars for a company to put you know, to, for a boat, you know, the Ian Express is selling spots on its boat and it's a thousand dollars, but they have all these goods. Companies are now spending three times, four times, five times as much money. So now it's five thousand dollars to get that same amount of material on the boat to ship it over. So your accrued cost on import is five times as high. You have less labor, so now you're having to work people harder. You have to pay them more, or you would hope to pay them more over time, right? If you can. If you can. So it's now the big squeeze on the people producing, 
meeting the people's demands because there's never enough things because the economy is flourished. So it's, it's this big, there's one giant thread of inflation, but it's got about seven other intertwining things that is the cause of it. Yeah. And if you turn on Fox News, CNN, ABC, any of them, any of them, yeah. what they're going to say is that the economy is the problem. Blame X person and just say it's hopefully going to go down because someone said it will. Yeah. Uh, so this has never happened in the past. When you mentioned people out of work, they're unemployed. So the frictional unemployment rate. There is in any given country, a pretty set frictional unemployment rate level. It's usually uh, between like, say, 1% to, to 4% or something like that. And those are just the people who are in between jobs looking for new jobs. That's what that statistic is. And that's the that drastic increase in the frictional unemployment, which it was never designed to have a drastic increase. It's That's one of the types of unemployment or instability that are that's calculated into say GDP growth and what countries are for when you have such a giant leap in a variable that you were not expecting and is not supposed to jump like that it causes a lot of problems and what this made me think of is Marx was wrong well Marx has been proven wrong several times but yeah very much <laughs> no i just i just mean fundamental principles when people one of the two things I think Marx was wrong and what it's reflecting here. And I'll give up the solution that needs to be enacted. People, Marx believed that people innately want to work and they want to produce and they want to help their country. It has been shown now that you get paid the same and you can live pretty much the same whether or not you work people are choosing not everybody but quite a few enough to cripple quite a large country are choosing why would i work because that's human nature people aren't hardwired to want to do a whole bunch of ter- like difficult tasks day in and day out for the rest of life that's just not that's not human nature and i think that's a fundamental difference what we can do as far as the frictional unemployment incentivize people or come up with different ways to try to get people to want to come back to work. Cause if you can get people to want to work, then you don't have that particular component. As far as the transportation, that one is a horse apiece. That one, because it has collapsed once an integral and integral like network of transportation of goods and services has collapsed rebuilding that is not like a easy well we can just do this that will take a lot of time and that one's going to be a huge problem for quite a while i think you could point to the unemployment as a a portion of the solution right to the problem because part of it's that they don't have enough people and people are you know it's it's this is this the cyclical nature of of the world we live in at this current moment you know people are tired because they've been working overtime because they can't find anyone to work for some time. Yep. And they feel like they're burnt out at their job, so they must quit. Yep. So they're trying to find a different job that is going to suit them better. And they're finding that to both be difficult and also they're 
they're spending more time in that unemployed cycle. Um, I would be curious to know what the discouraged worker percentage is because for those that don't know, the unemployed number is broken down into several sectors. Yeah. One big one is the discouraged worker, which is the worker that's been looking for work for nine months or more. Is it nine months, 12 months, something like that, six months? They, they, I feel like they change it often enough. It depends on and the number of months, yeah. right? And number of months and has long not term. right long term and has not found work. I'd be curious to know that because it sort of it seems like people have worked or worked too hard so they stop working. They want to go somewhere but they can't find somewhere where they're not going to be absolutely ruined mentally and physically or financially. A right. A lot of times um before the whole COVID debacle hit America at least and I'm assuming most countries were at an economic high point for all of history. Yep. Never been better. And then when you collapse from that, well, now if you're unemployed looking for something somewhere to go and say you're a career person of 12 years, you've built up a repertoire, it's, well, there's jobs there, but you're probably not going to get that same salary and that same pay that you were making for a comparable job coming right off an economic boom because people can't. And so you're discouraged from finding not work in general, because you can always just go to McDonald's. They're always hiring. You can't find equal equivalency of work from what you have had. Yeah, I think the only the only way you're going to get close to it is if you're looking at, you know, people are paying more because they have less workers, so they're trying to sweeten the pot, which people are talking about like it's happening everywhere. It's really not. No. You know, I... <laughs> I don't see it happening a whole lot. What it is is a lot of people gritting their teeth yes. and just knowing this is going to suck. And you're right. It, this is one of those things. People live so much in the moment in today's world, like this moment right now, which is a great thing to do, right? It's it's very healthy to be living in the moment that you're living and not letting life pass yeah. you by. But it also it forces you to lose the perspective that this is not the first time this happens. Roughly every 10 years, there's an economic slump or a, a backpedal of sorts. Usually and, a, usually a slow. Yeah. I'm pretty sure in America, at least, we're very lucky. We've only had three recorded recessions in history. Big ones, yes. right, big ones. But that's that's the ebb and flow, right? Things are, are – it's never linear. It's always up and down. So when people hit something like this – and it, it does suck. It's true, especially it's hitting at a bad time because people are trying to supply yep. you know, afford for their family. It's getting cold outside and – you know, Christmas and Thanksgiving, like all the holidays are nearby, but it's true that you're not like, it's, it's going to get better. Um, there's several methodologies for it. I know you had, uh, you have one that you really, you know, like is the one and I, I want to hear well, it. Well, that was for one component right. of. Yeah. No one has the silver yeah. bullet. Obviously, I should have clarified Because otherwise that. I would be making millions and everybody would be well off. Yeah. Yeah, I think some some of it is, you know, how do you handle inflation? You pull some of the money out and you start structuring you know, you, you what you what it forces people to do is to look at what they're doing in not a wouldn't that be great way as a realistic way. Yes. $15 minimum wage is going to do this. We've said that for years. Not even you and I as in like yeah. you and me, although we have said that since episode 1 of this show. I think that was on literally episode 1. Yeah, of course. But um, 
People have been saying that for years. As minimum wage goes up, the cost of living goes up and inflation yes. goes up. Like again, minimum wage, it's directly relevant. Minimum wage increases inflation. That's yes. how that works. Yes. And again, a natural part, you know, everyone gets their 2% raise at the end of the year. But when you start shifting things from a $7 minimum wage and doubling it to $15 so that you can quote unquote live on it. So it's a livable wage. Then it becomes a not livable wage. Yeah. You get, you get four or five really good years for those people. And you know what happens? The middle class and the, in the upper class, it doesn't really matter, but really the lower yeah. middle to upper middle class doesn't move. Correct. You know, so the lower class gets a big boost in money. People that take typically minimum wage jobs get a big boost financially. And that shoves up the cost of living and everything else for everyone. But the minimum, you know, the people that are in the middle class don't get that raise. Nope. They don't see an extra doubling in their paycheck. So it starts to squeeze out the middle class again. It's that, you know, it's the never ending problem in not only American politics, but world politics of the middle class. That's why minimum wage in particular is very touchy because everybody's talking about an ideal. And yes, you would want everybody to be able to get a job where they can live off of. However, there's not actually a way the government itself can institute that because all they're doing is raising the new bottom. Not, and only the bottom will get raised to that. So all it's doing is if you're if it takes two dollars to buy a cheeseburger and your minimum wage doubles, well now it costs four dollars to get a cheeseburger, you're no better off. In long term, you are exactly the same. The only difference is the people that were making, say, twice as much as you, well now everything they have is also doubled. So they're just joining you. Yes. Down there. Yep. And the only people that are completely immune to this are the people that money's more arbitrary, the quite rich people. It's not like Jeff Bezos is going to care what minimum wage is because money's an arbitrary fact for him. Right, right. <laughs> it's all just a number. Yeah, exactly. Um, I do see why inflation itself is scaring people, and this is more a mix between historical precedent as well as just human nature, the economy always gets better and then gets worse and continues in that motion. The issue is we have seen the rise and fall. We are advanced enough to know the rise and fall of every modern civilization and country. At one point, the end of all these countries, it falls, but then it, but that's where it stays. Then it just, that's it. Right. And then your country's over. And I think what people are most worried about, because human nature, it is very human to worry. So you you never have a guaranteed... It's never guaranteed that the economy will be great in 10 years because nobody knows the exact future. Right. For all we know, there won't be a country in 10 years. Thus, all the money you have in the bank is meaningless. Yep. That is genuinely terrifying if you're trying to like plan out a future for people. So I do understand that. There also has to be, I think we should do a better job encouraging people in a level of responsible thought. Yes, it could happen, but living your life as if things are going to collapse inherently is also not a very feasible way to live your life. Because firstly, more than likely, it's not going to. And if it's more than likely not going to, you're shooting yourself in the foot already. And two, even if it does, you don't know in what way or what resources might be cut or how it might happen. So all the preparation you do for an event that 
nobody can predict, you also can't predict. So it's not like you you might be more prepared, but it's not like you can be prepared for whatever happens. Right, right. Yeah, I I agree with that completely. And, you know, people get built up in a tizzy and then they worry about it and then they start making irrational decisions. And you're right. It's a very human thing to worry. But, you know, if you look at it, look at it on a micro level, right? You're looking macro about the country falling. Yes. But I think you can also grasp that concept at the micro level. Yeah. Like if you're afraid you that you're... Right. If you're afraid that your boss is going to yell at you, so you do or don't do something, well, then you're living with, you know, instead of just doing it, yep. you're not. So it... it e- either way, you're predicting the future. Yes. It's just how responsibly, responsibly you should be predicting the future. You shouldn't live your life as if, um, well, depends on the job you have. If you have a standard, stable job, you should not live your life as if you're going to get fired the next day. That's probably not going to do you any good. At the same time, you should not use all your income and live your life like this will last forever and this will always persist because you have no guarantee of that either. Correct. It's always it's that healthy balance in life you need to do with between worrying and feeling secure and being responsible while still not neglecting what you want in life. There's no reason you should sleep on the floor that way you can invest in five years worth of dried food right yeah it's it's the never-ending thing of people like well i you know you either have to starve yourself or you're a glutton it's like well why can't you just have one soda yeah why do you have to drink the whole 12 pack or drink you know nothing at all like, because what? balance is more difficult than either side it's the facts it's, it's what a lot facts. of people say it's like well i don't drink because it's unhealthy or whatnot so they abstain entirely if you abstain entirely from something that's still taking an easier route and if you completely divulge in it say you become an alcoholic that's also the easy route it's knowing when to and knowing how much in life that is very difficult to maintain and but it's also something we should strive for well and i think one of the keys that you're hitting on is that it takes willpower and it takes you know it takes a lot of internal integrity to look at something you want and say no. Very much so. You know, that's that's and that's that, not a unique thing, but self-responsibility is very difficult and self-control. As far as the big grand topic of inflation, I think we could probably leave this topic. Let's give one piece of advice. Obviously, it's not gonna solve everything. Sorry, people who tune in. If the government elects us dictators, then we can promise we'll make everything right. It's true. But otherwise, we'll just give you a little nugget. What is one core thing that you think we could do to help the economy right now recover? Right now? Yes. Something we could implement or get people on board with or even a governmental policy. Really anything that you're pretty confident will help. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. (laughs) That's a good question. Because everybody likes to... And this happens way too frequently as well, especially in American society. It is so easy to pick things apart, but never build it back up. Right. It's easy to break the bridge because it's old and rickety. It's very difficult to build a new and better one. Here's what I, this is going to be a very broad answer. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's going to have its fingers in a lot of different pies. 
but I would strive to change the perception of the American worker because right now, okay, let's look at history. Let me back up and look at history. When we built the railroads, the government said, we're going to get out of this depression by building things, that, infrastructure, stuff that needs to get done. And you could be a part of something. And they were pitching it to the American people as we're all in this together. We're going to help make it better. We're, it, was, it was a philosophy, a mindset of employment. Oh, you, know, you were doing your part. And I feel like if you rallied around the idea that it's, oh my gosh, this is going to, people are going to hate me for this because I'm known for this. If it's us versus the problem, right? If you rally around that mindset, I think you would have an easier time convincing those people on the fence to grit their teeth and do the work. I think you would pull some people from the edges inward, you know, sort of saying that I don't maybe want to be doing this, but it's okay. And I think you would find people more willing to give up more of themselves to do things. I am not against a mental health day. I never have been. But if you take a mental health month, you're not being part of the team. No. You know, people need to be on the team. Like, yeah, it's a it's a bad job right now to be in transportation. But somebody's got to do it. It was a bad job to dig ditches, but someone had to do it. And there's not enough people saying, I'm going to be the one to do it. Okay. So that personal responsibility to the extreme. Something you... I was going to say something completely different. And we'll actually touch on that some other time. Something you said... At one point, people used to dig ditches. And we've kind of lost the mentality that something needs to be done. I want to take that thought and move it towards technology. Where I feel like we've almost come into stalemate back, especially in America's history and youth. We've always been striving to improve things and come up with new ways of helping others and strive for that. We've kind of hit a stalemate where most of what people want to do today. What do kids want to do? Well, they want to be an influencer, like a TikToker or a streamer or something like that. Nobody wants to create, say, create the new YouTube or create the new TikTok or create better weight means of transportation to help everybody out. We, I feel like we should have more societal drive to become creators once again, instead of just going with what other people have blazed forward. I can't remember in the past, ever since say early 2000s, only pretty much what we've been doing to problems, if we've used technology people have thought out and risked their livelihoods on and they've spent their life's work creating things and we've just improved upon them. We've just made them faster, smaller, better, longer lasting. We need to come to a time where we start making actual innovations and better ways of doing things anymore. I would pose uh, a wrinkle on that thought that there are more creators in the world now than ever before, but not enough workers. And I don't mean workers as in like, like fiscal workers, like we were talking about unemployment. I mean, there's a lot of people with a lot of, with a lot of ideas how to build their YouTube brand how to innovate you know, merch or whatever the thing is, right? Because yes. you were speaking influencer, so this is where my mind went. But there's not enough people that are actually going to like get their hands dirty and do it. Yes. But 
th- that actually follows suit. That's yes. not a creator at that point. Right. Well, it's, a, so, it's a wrinkle on in, the thought. In, in order to become, to create something or to innovate something or to do it, find and create a new way of doing something, you also have to take it upon yourself or whoever you get involved with you to follow it through. If you don't follow something through, if it comes up with nothing, yes, that's rough. You need to know that sooner rather than later so you have time to alternate, but it also ends up a net nothing. You need to follow through. It's not, well, I have this great idea and you sort of go through, but as soon as you hit a roadblock or something gets rough, well, I don't want to work that. I don't want to spend 80 hours a week working on the light bulb. It's not worth that much that, that's that's too much out of me no you gotta sit there and be like you know what this this light thing that's a great idea i think it'll work for everybody and it'll be a betterment i'm gonna stick it i'm gonna lose some sleep over this but i'm gonna get this done it's it's back to that mindset of gritting your teeth and doing it yeah you know it was, and and just a cultural shift of not so much it's a cultural shift of striving to work and striving to be productive. Yeah. And here's the other thing I would add to your conversation about the stalemate of technology. You, you know, people think, well, I'll just go work in a factory. Mm-hmm. A lot of factory jobs require a lot of technical ability. You've got to so. run machines and stuff like that. So you need to go to school for it. That's why there's more people getting master's and doctorate degrees than at any other point in human history. Because they have to go do more schooling. So no longer is it the case where a guy can just bum out of high school and get that job, you know? Well, I mean, you can. They'll train you. Obviously, they're willing to train yes. you, especially in this world. But, you know, there there's, there is a, a shift going on in terms of the level of academic ability one needs to have that is ever ratcheting up. And we talked about this last week, the the sort of Rust Belt theory about guys not wanting to be successful in high school because they don't feel like they have to because they feel like that world of working is always going to be there for them. Mm-hmm. But it's shifting so rapidly toward technology that they're not finding that place. And that, So I, I feel like there, you can add that perspective, that lens on top yep. of what you said, and it paints a very clear picture. I, I do think there is hope for even that as far as untechnically skilled workforce. Yeah. I think there's still a place. We are far, despite the arrogance of humankind, there are so many things that we haven't come up with, we haven't thought of, we haven't... So many. And we'll never know until they come up with. I feel there's quite a few, maybe, complete industries. We think of electricity now. Everything uses electricity. Not but a couple hundred years ago, wasn't even a thought in anybody's mind. So something like that, that could revolutionize industries and touch the world might come up and maybe they need a huge workforce we don't know but unless we keep pushing and discovering new things like that we can't help anybody back to your creativity idea. yeah and you're completely right that's there's there's truth in that there is truth in that <laughs> dude i feel like we brought the boat home you know in the end yeah. there between inflation and a wizard i feel like you know yeah, oh, and we that, made it through the panama canal and avoided california oh whoo, <laughs> look at us go digging deep digging deep and digging wide All right, boys and girls, that is episode 51 of A Gentleman's Chat with your hosts, Ian and Billy.